It's all things MMA. My name is Ken McGuire, joined uh, as as always by the guy for the purpose of video, who's on the left hand side of the screen, uh, with his new camera and his new shiny toys, Mr. Miles Price. How are things? How are you? Yeah, proper tech guy now. Uh, Miles, first thing on the agenda for today, we want to talk about uh, UFC 258. We've had a good run of fights, and it's taking place in Vegas this weekend, uh, behind closed doors as things are. But we finally get to see what happens uh, at the welterweight side of things for the title. Uh, Kamaru Usman and Gilbert Burns are going to headline the card. This is a fight that was supposed to happen last July. Burns was just after coming off uh, his win over Tyron Woodley. He had a short window to prepare. Uh, The fight with Usman was lined up. He gets struck with uh, COVID-19 and has to be pulled from the fight. I think they tried to do it again for December. Last year didn't happen. But now, third time of asking, we have Usman uh, and Gilbert Burns. They're former teammates. Um, Burns has been knocking around at the welterweight side of things for for a good few years now. Uh, Usman has has shown his credentials in recent years as well since he took the title. How do you think this is is going to go? Is this going to fall into the the snooze fest side of things, or are we going to see something a little bit different? I. Uh... I feel like uh, I, this is going. This is the card I am excited to watch. Um, what I also feel like is that um, it could actually end up being like a real barn burner. You know, like the two of them know each other's games. They've had. They're going to be very comfortable in there, and that's usually what turns fights into boar fests. Just like that fight we've talked about this before, the Derek Lewis and um, Francis Ngannou fight, where on paper it's going to be a barn burner. And then it just turns up that the two of them are so anxious and afraid of their own potential to knock each other out. It doesn't turn into that. Yeah. You know, um, these guys are going to be super comfortable with each other. They train with each other all the time, day in, day out. They're probably be like main sparring partners for each other leading up to previous fights. So I can't see how this couldn't turn into a real barn burner unless... Of course, it would make sense for Kamaru Usman to make things very boring and hold him up against the fence, like uh, um, the possibly fight. like he did. A, yeah, like the Masvidal fight. Uh, you know, all to him. Like you know, I'm sure I've won fights like that where you know yeah. they've been completely boring, and I just got the W. So, I mean, it could potentially turn into something like that. But I mean, because they're so comfortable with each other with sparring already, they'll probably go in there and just give it socks. Yeah, we we had that discussion about the fight last year when it was when it was first when it was first mooted because at the time um, they were still teammates, they were still training. I don't know what the the long term plan is. Do they go back to it? I know they've they've split camps and they've split gyms. In this case, Burns is with his original crew. Osman has has moved on and is doing his thing elsewhere. Um, from from a from a, a kind of a recent history side of things, where people have been watching Gilbert Burns, he has the win over uh, Woodley. It was the same the same year of the year after uh, Osman beat him. He's a win over Damian Maya. He's worked a lot on the on the grappling side of things. I know Christmas two years ago he was in for uh, the Quintet Ultra. He's been hopping in and out of Polaris he's been hopping in and out of submission underground keeping that side of things going when he hasn't been in the in the cage we'll say for Usman uh, he's got a couple of wins under his belt again like Masvidal like you were saying we've seen him against uh, Colby Covington so we, we know we know stylistically he can he can approach this thing very different it could be the 
the grind it out and wait and see uh, approach that was there with Masvidal um, it could be throwing caution to the wind and seeing what happens as it came with, with Covington the win over Woodley I don't think we learned an awful lot other than here's somebody who can shut down Woodley and Woodley was on a bit of a I think a bit of a decline at that stage already um, have you if you if you if you were to call it I I probably lean towards uh, Usman winning a decision okay but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Burns pulled something off and I and I can see in, I can see it being razor close as well. yeah I can right. see it being three rounds to two Usman or everybody complaining that it was like a it's close it was a draw but Usman probably took it probably along those lines Okay, fair enough. We'll see how things stack up when it comes to uh, the early hours of Sunday morning. Elsewhere on the card, anything anything kind of mad that's catching your eye? I know Macy Barber has been on a bit of a rise. She gets the uh, she gets Alex Grasso in the co-main event for the women's flyweight. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum is back as well. He's he's put a kind of a good run of middleweight together for himself against Ian Heinish. Yeah, I haven't heard of that Ian Heinz before. Yeah, there should be, could, should be a, should be a couple of good fights, and then veteran of uh, veteran of all things lightweight, Jim Miller is back in there as well. He's uh, he goes up against Bobby Green, so there's a there's a couple of tasty tasty bouts in there. I think Diego Lima might be on the prelims. Uh, a card That's worth a good watching, fight, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim Miller and Bobby Green's a good fight. I've always thought Bobby Green had great potential to. To be, he kind of reminds me of Charles Oliveira, how he's always had that very natural talent, you know. Mm. But it seems to be a mindset thing that stops him. And Charles, I think that's what's actually brought Charles to the new level, to the to this new level that he's at. By the way, is that his mentality has seemed to change. He actually has confidence in what he does now. It's not just uh, an, uh, confidence in his skill. Yeah. in his physical abilities but he actually has confidence in his mindset and okay. his approach to competition nowadays you know and I feel like that Bobby Green reminds me of that a little bit you know he he kind of has this on and off approach to to fighting and he, and maybe that's why the UFC keep him too you know they see that he could turn into that one day because it only takes one breakout year for somebody to make a massive difference in their sport you know true well he had a he had a pretty solid 2020 to be fair to him he fought four times uh, between June August, September, and October. Very narrow window. Picked up three wins over the four. He picked up a good. Uh, now they've all they've all been unanimous decision wins. He's he's been missing the finishes that the UFC might like, um, but he does. He gets the he gets the Jim Miller side of things. He had a win over Clay Guida. Um, but there's there's a lot. There should be should be, should be a lot of entertainment uh, to be found in the early hours of the morning. People will be able to watch it uh, on oh, UFC 258 is going to be BT Sports box office for Irish viewers is about the best you're going to be able to do at this stage. I think it's around about thirty quid uh, ahead. Um, uh, very quickly and just with that because we we didn't get to touch base on it last week. Did you uh, did you get to see any of the the Vegas action from the the week previous, we'd been talking about Alistair Overeem and Alexander Volkov, and poor old Frankie Edgar um, nearly got decapitated by Corey Sandhagen. I know how heartbreaking that was. Yeah. Heartbreaking. You, you you don't like, and even like San, Sandhagen immediately after the fight, he was asked about it, and he said, he said, yeah, it was the win. He's like, but that's that's Frankie Edgar. He's like, I don't I don't like seeing that happen to Frankie Edgar. He had to do it, and he did it. But at the same time, he doesn't. He doesn't like to see it. Uh, any any thoughts in the fallout of it? Oh man, I nearly, I nearly, my, I, my heart actually got. I feel like somebody just broke up with me when Frankie got knocked 
came out. I was like, oh my God, no. I felt the same way, man. Frankie's such a dude, you know what I mean? Like he really is. Like he's he's a family man. He's humble. He does everything by the book in regards to he's super respectful to everybody that he competes against. Doesn't take things personally. And he's just such a vet of the game. He's been through so much. Like like that reign he went where he beat BJ Penn. Yeah. He's a lightweight champion for a long time. And now he's kind of fed away down he's bantam that fight was that wasn't it? it's a bantamweight fight yeah yeah and um uh you know just it was just hard to watch that just straight up it was just hard to watch you know because he's just such a great guy and he's a great fighter but look that's the game you know that, that's just the way it is you know Sanhagen threw a lovely knee and um, he looks very dangerous and he looks like he's you know has the potential to be champ 100 percent. Yeah. that peter yan though is a force to be reckoned with i will say that yeah yeah, yeah he's in, in fairness it's gonna be interested to see he's got uh it's not this week or next week but i think the next one of the next pay-per-views in line puts yan and aljamain sterling on that collision course to see uh if somebody new walks away with the bantamweight uh title but we're going to talk about that in due course miles over kind of the last couple of weeks and it ties into a few bits we're doing online with scoreline as well in terms of of looking at uh fitness and well-being and things over the over the month of february you've you've been bubbling away uh on a few bits and bobs i know next week we're going to be joined by uh high performance coach pat divley all around nice guy as well as it happens uh he's going to be dropping in for a chat uh, and you've been working on uh, your your the athletic resilience element of your your own program. Do you want to give us a, an insight or an idea of what we're what we're going to be looking at or what we're talking about? Yeah, well, a, a small insight as to what we'll be talking about. It'll be the week after with Pat. I'm really looking forward to getting Pat on. By the way, um, I've touched base with him and he's touched base with me back and forth throughout a couple of my camps. And uh, yeah, he's a he's a really great guy, and I follow some I follow his stuff as well. Um, I think he's a great he's great with the work that he does and I'm really looking forward to reading his book as well and uh, just touching base on that yeah I have a um something that I've been working on for quite a while now is um my athletic resilience section as you know I have like a personal development section to help people with their uh personal re- purchase or personal development like you know building self-awareness building um uh building their emotional intelligence etc and what what comes into play with the athletic resilience section is that it um it basically it's basically a step by step format to help athletes build uh build emotional intelligence towards competition not letting anxiety get in the way of them actually reaching their goals and fulfilling and giving them purpose to complement their goals and also um actual practices like work through practices to help them with a step-by-step process so that they can achieve what they want to without letting themselves get in the way like say for instance um we'll be doing like a negative visualization section which is uh if anybody's read the power of uh the power of negative thinking by tony humphreys or um studies stoic training would be very familiar with the negative visualization it's like um the only way I can describe it is like it's the opposite to like um what's that book? What's that book? Um The Secret. The law of yeah, the secret, <laughs> the law of attraction. And the reason why there might be a bit of conflict in regards to the law of attraction is because it involves toxic positivity, which basically means that 
if, if you're not feeling good, okay, you're feeling a little bit down or anxious and somebody comes to you and they go, oh, will you just like, just think positive, just think positive. Do you know, uh, <laughs> it, that's toxic positivity. You, you can't just switch on and off mm. of being negative and positive. But what you can do is prepare for negative thoughts and negative, you know, domino effects that ripple into you just being paralyzed and not being able to do anything and physically following through with your goals. So basically what would that, that would evolve is, um, I'll give you a concept. The concept would be almost like the, the vaccine now for COVID, you know, it's like, or for hepatitis B, etc. cetera. Uh, it's like injecting a little bit of, of the, the virus into your system. So your body builds an immunity physically for the negative virus that's trying to infiltrate your body. And we do exactly the same thing with our, men with our mental health. It's a, you could almost call it your mental immune system as opposed to your physical immune system. So you inject negative thoughts into your mind deliberately, and then you prepare for the outcomes of those thoughts get over them the best way you can in regards to defining what the worst case scenarios are. And then when those negative thoughts come into your life, because they're inevitably going to come, like it's, it's impossible for them not, not to come, then you're prepared to deal with them better. So they don't paralyze you from wanting you to helping you actually following through and achieving your goals. So if, if we were to bring that back to a sporting side of things, and I'm kind of this might be a throwback to, to last week. If you're talking about those those negative thoughts, we we had spoken about uh, the Korean Zombie and Ortega fight, and a couple of other big fights where uh, fighters in particular only seem to go in with with one thing in mind, and that thing is I'm gonna win, I'm gonna win, I'm gonna win, and then when they don't, it's like the world tends to just fall away from them it's instant retreat it's like i hadn't factored in anything other than winning we talk about the winning mentality but if 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 that's the case are, are we thinking that uh okay you're you're gonna your intention is to win but i need to be prepared for what happens if i catch that left hook and i know my jaw is in trouble or if i'm dropped in the first round and I'm again I'm in trouble or if I lose this fight I need to be prepared to deal with to deal with that is that what we're looking at exactly so not like say for instance if you're doing negative visualization in a say in my sport in a in a fighting scenario you visualize yourself failing actually failing and losing the fight and then you'd do like a rewind process where you go back in time in your mind where you'd rewind to just so when you when you when you visualize yourself failing you go through the worst case scenarios of what will happen to your life and then you emotionally get over them and you you kind of build auxiliaries of where it could go and what the worst case scenarios are and this makes you feel like okay, well, it's not actually going to be fatal. It's not going to be the end of the world if I actually do lose this fight. Mm. And then you almost, like you're rewinding a tape recorder, you rewind your thoughts to just before you, you, you get submitted or you get hit and knocked down. And then you go through a step-by-step -step process as to how you'd recover from that, how you'd escape that submission, how you'd avoid that shot. And then 
could bring that those actual techniques into your practice and you could link them to your weaknesses in your game. And then you can see yourself then visualizing from then on going to the win, coming back, getting your hand raised, and then, you know, you win the fight and life goes on. And continuously repeating this process develops a strong sense of dealing with failure and also working on your weaknesses with the emotions that are attached to them, you know. Good stuff. Well, that's it for all things MMA for this week. UFC 258 into the wee hours of Sunday morning. BT Sports box office. You get card previews online at scoreline.ie. We might even have some of the results and reaction for you as well uh, on Sunday. And as Miles mentioned, uh, two busy shows and show segments coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. You can subscribe for updates as always. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you do your podcast listening, particularly in the case CLR app and online at scoreline.ie. Until next week, good luck.